Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. We're gonna be talking to you guys today all about building your credit. My name is Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And like I said, Richard, you know, the, the biggest question that I always get is just how do I build credit or how do I rebuild my credit? It's one of my favorite topics because it's an ongoing thing. In fact, you know, even now I'm building my credit. This is true. I mean, you're always building your exactly. credit. Um, because credit, you know, the history, um, not everything stays on your credit report. Some things do disappear after time. So in order to maintain your credit history, you have to continue or constantly establish it. Well, yeah. And not only that, but, you, you know, if you have, you know, accounts that you're currently servicing, like a mortgage, a car loan, student loans, credit cards, uh, you know, those are ongoing things that are continuing to build your credit history. Correct. You know, so just to kind of define it, a credit history is technically what have you been doing for the last seven years? Or, what, or technically, it's 10 years, actually. We'll talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that in a little bit. But yeah, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Who have you been paying? Who have you not been paying? And so that's what all shows up on a credit report. When it's almost like juicy it. gossip, huh? It is. They're, you know, like what we like to call it, the the, um, the adult report card. Yep. <laughs> it just, you know, and it's like that because uh, just like a report card, your, your credit report is, you know, you're let's call it your GPA and every single one of the accounts that you pay off is like your individual subjects. So you you want to do well overall so that, you know, at the end, your GPA or your credit score is at its maximum potential. You could be a 4.0 student or 700 club member or I, 800 club member if you have really good credit. Um, and so, but you know, people always wonder like, okay, so what do I do? How do I start to build credit? Especially for all you young folks out there that maybe you don't even have to be 18. A lot of people are starting to build credit at 2021. 20, they never opened up credit when they turned 18, when they're legally able to obtain their own credit card. Mm -hmm. And so maybe just you young people out there or even people that are rebuilding, really the same concept applies. Building or rebuilding is the same thing. It's essentially establishing accounts, paying them on time and making sure that you don't default on them, right? So for a lot of you folks out there that are wanting to just where do I start, let's talk to them a little bit about what are some of the best products that they can get today to start building their credit. Well, one of the best ways for you to establish credit uh, or easiest as well is to go and try to get a secured credit card, um, a secured credit card from bank, for example. Um, now, for those of you that don't know what a secured credit card is, it's when you go up to a bank ask them for a credit card, let's just assume um, $300. Um, they're gonna ask you for $300. You're gonna give it to the bank, they're gonna place it in a bank account, and they're gonna give you a credit card for the amount that you deposited. It can be super weird sometimes, but when we explain it to people, we're like, you give them $300 and they give you $300 card, right? Yeah. They, it's, it's a weird concept, but trust us, it's a great product. Yeah, and they, they, they get confused a lot with prepaid cards. It's not a prepaid card. I know you're giving the bank money, but nowhere does that card get preloaded and you can spend the $300 that you gave them. Those $300 get put in a bank account that do not get touched for one year. In fact, treat it like a regular credit card because um, it, it is. It's a regular credit card. You charge on it. You make the payments on time. If you don't make the payments on time, you just defeated the whole purpose of establishing credit. I always like to refer to the secured cards as a credit card with training wheels. There so you go. It's, it's, it's unlike a prepaid card, but the, the, the money that you give them is the collateral. And that, that collateral, are, those are the training wheels. Okay. And so essentially, if you decide not to pay back the money that you charged on the card, 
they get to keep the collateral, which is the $300 cash. So it's a very low risk product for the banks. And it's essentially a great card for building or rebuilding credit because it's generally guaranteed issue. A big problem people run into is I need to build credit, but nobody will give me credit because I don't have credit and I need to get credit to build credit. And so it just becomes a circle of uh, where the heck do I start? Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a secured product like that is always great because it's guaranteed issue for the most part because you're giving them the money, the the training wheels, you know. And as you start to do well, you know, I like to say they take the training wheels off because they will give you your money back. After a year, they'll give you your money back and they'll convert it into a regular credit card. Take the training wheels off and you get to keep the card. Boom. Just like that. Uh, Another great product for them to start off with is uh, a personal loan. Um, you know, uh, can you explain to them a little bit about that? So the the secured card is just a credit card. It's, we call that a revolving account because mm-hmm. it revolves every month, right? Essentially, you have a revolving line of credit being the $300 credit line. But a personal loan that is a guaranteed issue loan, we would refer to that as a secured loan because the same dynamic, you give them a collateral cash deposit, they keep it, mm-hmm. and then they give you a loan for the same amount. That one really trips people out because it's normally a $500 loan available at most credit unions that are out there. You give them 500 bucks, they put it on hold in your savings account, and then they loan you 480 bucks into your checking account. Mm-hmm. I know that because I did it myself. In fact, um, I did it like seven times. So I have seven <laughs> paid off secured loans on my credit history. Uh, it's a little Memories, hack. huh? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so essentially that is a secured loan um, and you pay it back, but it's not, it's a, it's an installment account, meaning that every month you make the same payment and then it closes out. So after six months, you pay back the 500 bucks and then the account is done. And that's when I got another one, right? So in two, in one year I had two loans, paid them both off. And then I did it again and again and again because it's just the money that you have in the bank already compared to a card where it's just one account that you can keep indefinitely. Well, a secured loan, you get you get one, close it, get one, close it because it's a term loan. It's an installment account, very similar to other installment accounts. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different types of installment accounts. It just depends on how big or how small. Mortgages are installment accounts. Car loans are installment accounts. You know, you go to a jewelry store. Yeah, that's an installment account. Student loans. Student loans is, is an installment account. Um, there's so many different types of installment accounts, but there is a key difference between installment and revolving. You you generally want a healthy combination of both. Okay, but there's a difference. An installment account generally has a finite term. Um, you will eventually pay it off. And as we mentioned earlier, you know that goes part of your credit history for 10 years. But a, but a revolving loan, a revolving loan like a credit card can stay on your credit report indefinitely till the day you die if you so long choose. As long as it's open. Long as it's open. As long as it's open. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and there is a big difference there because in in world of credit, good positive history can only stay on, on your credit report for 10 years after the account has been closed off. So if you want to maintain a great history, you want accounts that stay open indefinitely. Right, because if you essentially don't, if you pay off your accounts and close them, you'll have good credit for 10 years, but then after <laughs> that, they'll go away and then you'll go back to having no credit. And then that could be a really big problem. Having no credit is essentially like having bad credit because it closes the door to other credit products. You mm-hmm. know, And that's, a lot of people are okay with that, but when you're wanting to build credit or establish a great credit history because you have plans, maybe you want to buy a house, get a business loan, expand a business, start a business, whatever your plans may be that you need your credit and you want to establish good credit, you got to play the game to be in the game. You know, so in order, in order to have good credit, 
you need credit. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. And so for for the for those of you out there that are wanting to figure out exactly how you start, those are great products to start with. Secured loans, secured cars. You know, we encounter a lot of situations where people maybe start with really what I call like uh, predatory products oh. because they, they are meant to be given to people who may not qualify for traditional products, but they're super high interest. They've got awful repayment terms and they're just predatory and they almost are like setting up somebody to fail because the interest is so high that the consumer at some point just won't be able to pay back the loan anymore. Or will quit because they, they're just tired of paying something that never, up. yeah, they'll be fed up. Um, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I don't want to touch too much about it, but I just recently read that uh, the government's cracking down on those or is trying to. Well, you know, they sure try, but I, we kid you not, true story. We, we encountered a loan, $5,000 loan, Mm-hmm. And they were going to pay back at the end because they have the truth in lending disclosure. They're going to pay back in excess of $40,000 for a $5,000 loan. They're going to pay back $40,000. The interest on the truth in lending disclosure, it's at 115%. You can catch it on our blog at BakersfieldCreditRepair.com. Look at our blog. It's one of our posts. It's absolutely insane. Like we were talking about like, how is this legal? Like, isn't this like usury or something? Right? Yeah. It, it, it sure i remember that case that guy came to me you know and and he he was a good friend of mine i had helped him in the past and he came to me with this loan and it just you know it breaks your heart it's, it, i just like how the heck can they get away with that you know so you know for you out there don't get into payday loans don't get into title loans don't get into that type of credit yes it'll it can help you with your credit but generally they're there to set you up to fail Totally. Those are very difficult loans to get out of. And once you have a good credit score, you, you don't even bother with those loans. You know, those are not loans that people with good credit are ever considering to get. They're, they're meant for people that are desperate, desperate. And, you know, if you have good credit, you'll never be in that position. That's why it's so important to take care of your credit, establish good credit. And the number one thing is establish a good relationship with a bank because a bank is going to give you access to decent products. Banks are regulated by the government, really regulated by the government. They get in big trouble when they mess up. So you know that at least they got, you know, big brother looking over, making sure. Or credit unions. Credit unions as well. That that they're not, they don't have predatory loans. No, they don't. So, you know, that's why it's always a good way to establish that banking relationship if you want to build credit. Now, so you're a young person, you started to build credit, mm-hmm. right? You're doing well with your card. Maybe you have a, a credit card here. You got the secured loan, like I said. Um, then the-, the Thanks for the s- advice, Anselmo. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the other set of questions that comes up now that you're kind of getting going is how do you manage that card? I hear so many things and we're gonna clear that up for you guys today. So for those of you who are trying to figure out how to work your credit once you have credit established um, i do hear that a lot from people like yeah i got a credit card but i don't know how to use it um you know i heard from so and so that i should keep a you know 50 percent balance on it or that i should work uh monthly payments every month i want to keep making sure there's a balance so that i can work my credit and banks can see that i'm paying on time and that's just the furthest thing from the truth yes it's it's true that you want to maintain the account open. Yes, it's true that you want a positive history, but one of the biggest factors on how your score is graded is your debt utilization, essentially a debt to credit ratio. Um, how much credit you have and how much of that you're using. The lower you, you, your usage, the higher your score. So essentially, you don't want to maintain a balance on the card. 
maintaining a balance is going to do several things. First of all, as I just finished explaining, debt to credit usage will be up, which means the score will go down. Second, maintaining a balance will guarantee that you're going to pay interest every month. What if you have a high interest credit card? Do you really want to be paying money for no apparent reason at all? Third, if you have a balance on a credit card, you never know. Times may get tough and you won't be able to meet that minimum monthly payment, which will, is opening you up to make a late payment and hurt your credit score. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying to not carry a balance on a credit card and that that way you can build credit. Well, let me clarify. It's not that you don't want to use the credit card. Sure, I mean, credit cards, a lot of them have rewards. And maybe you want to charge on your credit card to have a, to get those rewards. But what I'm saying is, by the before the end of the month or by the end of the month, you want to liquidate that balance. You don't want to pay that interest. I love that piece of information because it really does go against most logic out there, even by professionals, yep. where they say, um, no, you want to carry a balance because you want to make a payment and show that you can make payments on time like the whole point of building credit is to show that you have the ability to pay things on time but that doesn't mean that you have to carry a credit card balance to do so in fact you know when we're talking about building credit your very first credit card is going to have a low limit three hundred dollars five hundred dollars and the debt utilization that we talk about is essentially if you have a five hundred dollar limit what is your balance if your balance is 499 your utilization is 99 percent that's really high, high. Yeah. Okay. The, the 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 common advice out there given out by professionals or just, you know, people is, oh, you want to carry a 50%, right? And so they're referring to your debt utilization. If you have a $500 limit, carry a $250 balance, right? And so sure, 250 is certainly better than 299, right? But guess what? You hear 50%, 40%, 30%, 20%. I've heard it all. Carry a balance every month, pay it off every month, carry 30% every month. So here's the truth. It's zero. We found that it's zero. That's the best. So at 50%, it's better than 99%, but 10% is better than 50%. And zero is the optimal number because essentially you are having no utilization on your credit cards. But the trick is to leave them open, have them open. So you don't close them, you pay them off every month. And that's how you'll have that 0% utilization. So, you know, keep it simple. Don't complicate things. Don't try to keep a 40% balance strategically. No, just pay your cards off every month and you'll never have a problem. So once again, to clarify, keep your cards open. To keep your cards open, you have to use the card. But that doesn't mean you have to maintain the balance from month to month. Um, and in the, in the credit world, those are known as revolvers. Those that use the card but pay them off, those are known as transactors. You want to be a transactor. You want to keep the card open, use the card, but you always want to pay it off. And, you know, so credit cards, people use them, right? And actually, I'll, I'll tell this story because I actually, like, we figured this out, right? We didn't, like, we didn't read a book somewhere. We didn't read a block somewhere. Like, mm -hmm. we actually figured this out. And we'll tell you how we figured it out. We had a running joke in the office that the people who had the best credit scores Grammys. were grandmas <laughs> yeah. or grandpas. Yeah. Right? Like they just had the best credit scores that we'd ever seen. We're talking 840s, you know, just oh, yeah. elite scores. Like a good credit score is 700, but an incredible credit score is anything over 800. And only mm. grandmas and grandpas ever had that. And what we started to notice that the ongoing trend between these high performing credit score folks 
is not their age, even though that's a huge factor, but it's the fact that they hated owing money and they paid off their cards every month before the due date. Like that was the common thing between all of these folks was not the fact that they were grandparents, but the fact that they literally just hated owing money. They hated paying interest. So they just paid off their cards every month. And guess what? They had the highest credit scores that we've ever seen. And we got to thinking, well, you know, it's it's actually the fact that it's the zero percent utilization, and we've played with it a ton you know, with our own personal credit. I mean, it's super easy. You can do it on your own. Pay off your credit card and see how much your score goes up. It's just you know, it's so really believe us. It's zero percent. That's the magic number. That's the credit takeaway for today. Is pay off your credit cards, have the highest score possible. Now, here's some more practical advice that I like to give. In fact. I just used this myself. I had to buy a set of tires for my car and they were annoyingly expensive. They were like 1600 bucks for my tires. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put it on my credit card. That's what happens when you have a fancy car. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the, nothing changes between boys and adults but the price of their toys. Um, that's what my wife said. Anyways, so I put my tires on the credit card because I figured I paid off over a couple of months. It eased the pain of the $1,600 set of tires. Great. But I know that while I'm making the payments, because you guys can use your cards, I mean, that's fine. But I know that if I wanted to say, maybe refinance my house, buy another house, buy another car, whatever, if I needed to use my credit, I know that because I'm carrying a balance on my card, that I'm leaving points on the table. So I'm just simply not gonna apply for anything while I'm paying this card off. If I, you know, so if I'm gonna, if I know I'm gonna apply for a new car or maybe trade in my lease, I'm not going to do it until my credit card's paid off because then I'm not leaving any points on the table. I got to bring it back down to that 0% utilization. That's how I manage my credit. And that's how I've helped people for the last 12 years manage their credit, giving them that practical advice on how to improve their score or establish credit. And, uh, you know, going a little bit off topic, but not not so much. You said you, you went and uh, charged $1,600 on your credit card to go buy some tires. A lot of times, the trap that pe uh, people will fall into is when they go to a specific store to buy a specific type of product, that store will try to hand them or uh, make them um, apply for a credit card of their own. Don't do it. You don't need them. You don't need a Walmart card. You don't need a JCPenney card. You don't need a big old tires card. You know That's what you have your major credit card from a bank for. Um, you can use those wherever, and generally, those are going to be at a much lower interest rate. I don't care what your credit score is. If you go to some place like JCPenney's and you have a, 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 you know, let's call it a 700 plus credit score, you're still going to get that 27% interest rate that almost anybody who applies is going to get. There's absolutely no favorable terms for high credit scores at department stores. Not a single one. So if you get that Macy's card and you have the best credit score in the world and you pass the credit score test with flying colors, you're going to get the exact same interest rate that the person who barely passed the Macy's test and barely got their Macy's card. You guys are both paying the same interest rate. So it literally makes no sense to be paying 27% at Macy's when you can have a decent interest rate at your local bank because you have great credit. Um, and if you need to use that at Macy's, then so be it. But, you know, be a smart consumer about it because where they get you is the interest. Mm -hmm. and, and generally people who open department store cards fall into another trap. You know, they'll open one at several department stores. Or all uh, of them. Or <laughs> all of them. And at the end, they fail to manage their accounts. They fail to manage all the cards and they'll start getting 30-day late payments on their credit cards, which ultimately, you know, counteracts what you were trying to do by establishing credit. Right. And so, you know, going on that point, Richard, so 
part of building credit, right, for, mm -hmm. for everybody that's tr trying to build credit, the other question besides how do I manage my card is how many cards do I actually manage or how many cards can I have? Is there an optimal number of credit cards to have? Um, well, there's no actual number. You want to maintain at least a minimum of two credit cards, three accounts. But really, the number is what your tolerance is. How many can you actually handle and be responsible with? That's how many you should you should have that or less than that. So there's no secret number like five or 10 or 20 or whatever. It's just what you can handle. Never, never open more than you can handle because that's just going to uh, defeat the whole purpose of trying to establish or reestablish credit. You know, and realistically speaking, the more cards that you have, the higher the chances are that you forget about one and then you get a late payment mm -hmm. and that completely undoes all of the hard work you've done in trying to build good credit is getting a late payment so you know we we, we like to stress that there's a minimum number and the, and the minimum number is going to be two credit cards and maybe one loan so three car three accounts overall um, but you could have four or five accounts that's totally fine and it's probably totally manageable most people have that one car loan one home loan two credit cards right that's four accounts but it's easy but in some way, we just we just finished telling them that debt utilization is a biggest uh, a big factor, and you know the more credit you have and the less debt you have, shouldn't opening up multiple credit cards be good for you? Wouldn't well, it help the debt utilization? Yeah, it sure can. You know, but the problem is again, the more accounts that you have, the higher the likelihood you're going to forget about one and maybe get a late payment. So how do you how do you up that debt utilization? How can you help it without opening multiple credit cards? You pay off your balances. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. You, you know, it doesn't matter if your if your credit card limit is 100 bucks and you owe $99, your utilization is 99%. If your credit card is a million dollars and your utilization is 999,000, it's still 99%. You know, so it doesn't matter the dollar amount, guys. Your credit card could be a thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks. It all gets translated into a percentage, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter that you owe twenty grand if your limits are two hundred grand. Mm -hmm. That's only what two, two percent, ten percent. That's ten percent. So that's you know that's pretty good. Ten percent is certainly uh, you can have ten percent utilization, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, but so just you know remember that it gets translated into a percentage so for the, so for those of you that are trying to you know think of how to manipulate the system and, and that's the point i was trying to make is that yes the debt utilization is very important and yes the more credit you have um the the whenever you have debt on that credit the percentages will be smaller but you can achieve that by just making your payments on time and having the credit cards you do have raise their credit limits you don't need to open multiple cards stick with the cards you have always pay them off and they'll eventually raise their limits on their own. You know, and it's just about being responsible exactly. at the end of the day, um, because you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You want to be prepared, always have money in emergency savings in case something happens and you know, you, you are left without an income for an amount of time. You don't want to live off of your cards. Um, you know, just, it's, it's just really about being responsible. So if Correct. you're building credit, don't bite off more than you can chew, uh, because it can, that's how you get into trouble. And we see that because we help people that are in trouble. So we get to see the mistakes and we want to share that information with you guys so you guys don't make that mistake um, or make those mistakes as you start to build your credit or rebuild your credit. That's what you're doing. And, and for those of you, if you are interested in finding out more, you, you want personal advice, feel free to call us. Uh, you can call Anselmo at 661-369-8133 and he'll be more than happy to answer your questions or assist you with you know whatever you need.
you know, that's what we're here for. You guys can also visit our website and our blog at bakersfieldcreditrepair.com. Um, that's what we do. We help people establish credit, um, build credit, fix their credit, negotiate bad debts, anything that has to do with consumer credit. That's what we're going to be doing, and that's what we do for people. But here at this new show that we're going to be doing for you guys is we're going to be bringing you valuable information, information asked by you guys, information asked by our clients, things that are timely and relevant in the industry. You know, that's what the extra credit show is going to be all about, making sure that you guys know how to get those extra credit points. So, and so if there's a, anything you guys want to know, make sure to let us know. Uh, what you want to talk, what you want to hear about, and we'll talk about it in our next show. Yeah. So thank you guys all for watching. You know, this has been fun. We look forward to doing it again in the future. And until next time, we're out. Bye.